when you're working with huge data sets and you get one of the operations wrong, you expect the numbers to be off by like hundreds of thousands. Right. But I was getting numbers that were off by 38. Oh, is that a log thing? Well, uh, <laughs> I went through it like a hundred times. Like I just like, I was checking like, okay, yes. I went through like the, my math and mm-hmm. was like, yes, this is correct. I can like look at this and verify that this is correct. I even went into Wolfram Alpha and like typed all this in. And it said, this is the simplified version. You're doing the simplified version. And so I got that right. So now I just have to make a computer. Now I just make a Python script that does this, which is easy. It's math. It's, it was just like really, really frustrating because it was not working and I could not make it work. And I ended up not being able to make it work at all. Mm-hmm. So I submitted it with 90%, which is like, like I was looking at the rubric and I would, if, if everything else works perfectly, which mm-hmm. I verified that it did because I went through each and every step to make sure that it was working. <laughs> If all that is true, then I will get a 90% because I'm not getting the right answer. Or maybe I'll get like a 95 because I'm very, very close. I'm only off mm-hmm. by, like, this is a off by one error that I, like, can't, can't figure it out. I don't like that. Well, it, it, I was like, I, the expected answer is around 3,000, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, this isn't working. I'm getting, like... I'll I'll get like three or I'll get like negative 17 or I'll get 10,000 or some something like the numbers were off by a lot. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly I'm doing something wrong. And then I fiddled with it for a while. And then I was like, and I went through it a few times and I was like, okay, yep, that's what I did wrong. I got to, I didn't do the logs right. Mm Got to do the logs right. And then I did the logs right off by 38 and i saw that three like i saw it started with 3000 and i was like i did it i did it i did it and then i read the rest of the number and it was like (laughs) nope not quite hey zach hey liz zach what is the decibel level of your home how loud is your home How loud is my home? How loud is it around my home? How loud is the general vicinity of my home is kind of the question that I already asked. But, um, you know, there's a couple a couple different questions I have. There's like, how loud is it inside my home? Right. That like if I'm just sitting and chilling, how much noise is hitting my eardrums um, on your average day? And then also, if I were to step outside, what would um, the decibel level of the outside be because um last week you said that it would be impossible to hear birds because it's too loud and i was thinking well it's not that loud you can hear birds when it's not that loud um but also i have a a tree right outside my window so maybe it's just the the proximity to the birds that helps um don't be creepy (laughs) ah yes me in the one house in my whole city that has a tree in it 
Um, right outside a window. Not... It's narrowing it down. You've already said most of your address before. <laughs> um. So I've been wondering how loud is your home and how loud is it around your home? Um, but that's not a, oh, that is a thing you can figure out. It is currently, hold on, let me stop talking. 34 decibels in this room. Okay, that's pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose I could open the window and like kind of stick my wrist out the window. <laughs> As if that's the thing you're curious about. What I'm more interested in is um, kind of the through the day noise level fluctuation. Like, would it be possible to graph the noise level of your home? Hmm. In theory, yes, but not. that's not something I can do without any preparation. Right. The same goes for me. Um, but I, I, I really do want to know, are our, our, are our homes... Uh, really that different in the amount of noise just outside of them and so i've I've stumbled myself into a (laughs) hardware project because it's not a thing you can just buy you can't just buy a little box and you set it somewhere and it tells you how loud it's been for the whole day uh nobody manufactures that and so i'm gonna be the one to fill this void i've noticed in the market yay um as soon as i purchase a raspberry pi and a bunch of other little trinkets and doodads and then write some code um easy peasy lemon squeezy and then you'll get that device to me and then we'll compare right awesome so this is uh this is follow down that in the future we will have an answer for how loud it is immediately outside of our homes okay i'm gonna hold you to that because i really actually i'm curious Uh uh-huh and I figure if I'm going to make a box that's collecting data, I might as well have it collect more data than just noise pollution. Oh? Zach, don't be creepy. You're right. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to record your conversations. That's not my intent. Uh, okay. I'm thinking more like air pollution. Uh, mm. for, for reasons we can get to later, I've been thinking a lot about how much particulate is in the air. Um. Uh, part of it is that it's a bikes and buses argument um, that if you've got brake we don't do that. particles in the air, it's bad for your lungs because they were not made to breathe brake pad particles. Um, but also, also there's there's a lot of reasons you would not want uh, various pieces of particulate in your lungs, and might want to try and sense uh, how much dust there is. So there is a dust sensor that you can get and plug into your your hardware device and figure out how much dust there is. So I think that's a another good question to have answered, you know, when I get to it, once I've made an OmniFocus project for it. That's that was gonna be my next question. <clears throat> Sorry, my I have a sore throat. Ah. It's all so, that particulate in the air. Yeah. The particulate. <laughs> don't say particulate and then grin at me like that i didn't i grinned at uh the wall 
Right. I just grinned at the camera. It wasn't actually at you. I grinned and you could see it. That was not grinning at you. <laughs> like the more sensors you attach to this thing, the more like chance that there's going to be like bugs that are going to make this process longer of building right. it. So just keep that in mind. Like the the less you do here, mm-hmm. the, the more likely it is to actually get done. Correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, version two. Version two is going to be how much dust particulate and... Uh... See, we're setting reasonable expectations. <laughs> so what's the timeline, Zach? Timeline is going to be, let me look at my calendar. Let me pull up my Gantt chart. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Today, I'm very busy with uh, something called recording. And then... He's not that busy. (laughs) He only has to do things for another hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And then my whole day is free. Don't have any other obligations. Um, Not to worrying bugs, at least. I do have a week of spring break, and we all know how well it goes to anticipate doing <laughs> things that aren't school during uh, break times. And so when that inevitably does not work, it looks like uh, my final exams will be over by the 18th of May. yep yeah sounds about like the life of a student (laughs) and like i could do i could be like oh this is a priority for me but it's not a priority for me so i'm not gonna do that what if i say it's a priority for me hmm no. Oh, Zach. <laughs> I have a lot of priorities for a lot of people. But this is the semester <laughs> of order wherein I figure out what the priorities are and then I do the things. How's that going for you? Um, it's I actually wrote a little entry in my journal about how my semester theme has been going. Um I I have been time tracking. This is what this image is in the doc. Um, can you take a look at this? So this is the last month of time tracking. I didn't start at the very beginning of the month. Can you guess uh, which day is which? Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Yeah. So it does. There's like a little cycle here. There's, it's, I would call it a re- repeated modified bell curve. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. There's like nothing, and then some, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then it starts going back down again until it gets back to nothing. Mm-hmm. Is this for one project or all your time tracking? This is, I think, all of my time tracking, including... Uh, this might just be 
school. So not including any time I spend on worrying bugs or anything like that. Yeah, like not work or anything. Right. Okay. I'm going to guess. Uh, are your lectures in here? Yes. Okay. Um, see, listeners, Jared, I like to win. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a really tough time just making <laughs> what is effectively a one in seven guess. It's It can be an educated guess. Okay. A one in five chance. I'm going to guess Friday is the, are the small days. The small days or the nun days? The nun days. Okay. And that takes care of the rest of them because uh-huh. weeks are in order. <laughs> So you'd say Monday and Tuesday look like my biggest? I'd say that is something you could think about your. (laughs) That would be entirely accurate. I do nothing on Fridays. Yes. That's not true. I do a lot of things on Fridays, but nothing school related on Fridays. I'm so good. Um... So you you can see based on this that there's some patterns and... I have been using those patterns now to try and gauge where I'm at and what I expect myself to do. If I can get a lot done Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, the rest of the week, smooth sailing. Um, If I can get a little bit done on Friday, as I did on the 28th, uh, that's a whole four minutes. (laughs) Then that's work I don't have to worry about Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. (laughs) What? What are you going to do with all that extra time? All those four minutes? All those four minutes that you don't have probably, to be... <laughs> Probably read ahead. How did you make this chart? Uh, if you go to your dashboard and then go to um, where it has like the little calendar that says this week, you can just select from February 1st to March 1st. Mm. I spend the least amount of time on my computer science course, the one that I have. I can't know that because it doesn't show me tags. Well, that's your fault for thinking that tags are a good way to sort projects. We've been over this. I don't want to rehash. (sighs) Okay. But this is a perfectly reasonable expectation. To see any information at all about tags in the reports tab. Yes, that's, that's correct. You can filter by tag. I don't want that. And you know I don't want that. Yeah. (laughs) I do. How much time did I spend just in class? That's a question I can ask. In the last month, I've spent 36 and a half hours in class. Which I think is about half of the time that I've spent in total. Interesting. I've spent about 30 hours in class. I skip a lot more, apparently. (laughs) wow this is so fun i can look through all this data crazy okay well i kind of gave it away by accidentally screenshotting it (laughs) (laughs) okay if i close my eyes i'm gonna guess that uh the tallest one is gonna be on a sunday uh no that was a tuesday that was a 23 hour day on tuesday why? Because 
sleeping is hard, and I had a lot of stuff to do. Can you give me a breakdown? I would like to to see like maybe a breakdown of the ten hour day and the twenty three hour day. Okay. Well, the twenty three hour day was mostly like one project. Ah. Okay. Yeah. It was just like it was one project that like didn't really need to be done that fast. It was just well, I'm not sleeping anyway. Might as well. Um. Okay. Let's find you a 10-hour day. That Thursday. Um, the 13th? The 13th. Okay. That was two hours and... Nope. Sorry, there's... Uh, I have one. I have a section for lecture, one for lab, and one for discussion. So mm-hmm. I'm doing math in my head. Um, three hours, 45 minutes in class. And... I spent about an hour reading a white paper that was assigned for my software security class. And then the rest of the time was testing and debugging a program. Ah, okay. All right. And then you've got, so the the low days are usually Sunday. Um, Give yourself some, some time off. Yeah. Well. Sometimes. I don't have a great schedule. Yeah. There's a few Saturdays. This this Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thursday, February 27th. I did almost nothing. Because I couldn't. Because I hadn't slept the past couple days. <laughs> I'm healthy. I live a healthy lifestyle. A wonderful healthy lifestyle. It's the semester of Liz is living a wonderful, healthy lifestyle. <laughs> no, it's the semester of head first. Mm-hmm. Head first into a healthy lifestyle. Head first into 23 hour days. 23 hour days. That was a decision for the record. Okay. I did that. Somewhat intentionally. I could have sat in bed with my eyes open, but instead, okay, I worked on a project. <laughs> I've I'm, I'm, fallen off the wagon a little bit, but the d- rest assured that the mm-hmm. semester of Head First is, uh, will be eventually turning back in the right direction. Okay. What gives you that confidence? These are hard questions. <laughs> I'm going to have to consult my lawyer before I say more. Okay. Okay. Are there things in the last um, couple weeks where now looking back you can say, ah, that was a branching path and I did the right thing, I did the head first thing, or I know what next time I'm I'm faced with this branching path i know what the head first decision would be yes so one thing i've been doing is changing up my system for omnifocus uh like that was the like the main thing that was going to be mm-hmm. that was going to come out of this and it was to put like way more stuff into omnifocus and like treat mm-hmm. it as like these things that need to get done and they will get done and it's not just school that goes in omnifocus 
And that's been a really good idea. Um, I've been able to do that. I've been able to keep up with that. So part, of, But part of that is continuing to put more things into OmniFocus. More of like the menial things that I just kind of want to remember to do. Right. And recently, the, like the, the falling off the wagon part of it has been like not continuing to put these little things into OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. But if they're in there, I do them, which is much better than before. Good. It was one thing. I'm trying to remember what it was. I should have written it down. That was just a re- real bad idea. But I think I tried to remember things without using OmniFocus for a while. Mm-hmm. That was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't do that. Don't do that. That's, Don't trust yeah. your brain. It doesn't work. <laughs> So my my to-do list um, has been almost shifting the opposite direction. I have a bunch of filters so that I can see just school-related things because when I'm doing school things, I want to be thinking about school things. And then when I'm done with school things, I'm like, okay, all done. No more tasks. No more task <laughs> list. All done. Time for a break. Um, but one of those school things that I've been having to do is uh, discussion posts on like urban planning related topics. Hmm. And now the thing about discussion posts in a lot of classes is that they're just like not, not enough. There's not enough discourse going on. So I want more discourse, please. I would like some discourse. Should we ban culs de sac? It's French. That's how you say it. Uh, okay. So just to make sure we're talking about the same thing, the like uh-huh. roads that end in a little bulb. Yes. I think specifically it's the bulb that the road ends in, but you uh, okay. couldn't have that road if you didn't have the bulb. Okay. So when we when we plan new subdivisions and whatever, should engineers just like not be allowed to plan with culs de sac? Yes. Why? Unimportant. <laughs> is that enough discussion That's for you? discourse. Moving on. No, I... Listen. I'm going to say some things, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Okay, Jared? Okay. Cul-de-sacs. Cul-de-sac. Not saying that. It's French. Cul-de-sacs are a status symbol. Living on a cul-de-sac. Okay. Look at me. I'm suburban. That's what a cul-de-sac says. There's only there's only one situation in which cul-de-sacs exist. This isn't entirely true, but it's mostly true. Which is rich white suburban neighborhoods. In many cases, yes, that is correct. The majority of cases. Cul-de-sacs are a status symbol. There's nothing like... They're not a particularly efficient way to pack in space. They're not like... As far as I can tell, like they're not convenient. More convenient than a, other other types of roads. Just like a grid system? Yeah basically okay 
So I guess I should say some of the alternatives to cul-de-sac would be a grid system, um, a like a curvilinear system that still maintains connectivity. And that's the other thing. It's isolating. Right. By design. There are non-status reasons to want to be isolated. Such as? You don't like people. Go live in a hut in the woods. But a hut in the woods is far away from the amenities that you would expect from a suburban environment. You get those because of people. Right, but you don't need, necessarily need to interact with someone to, like, be close to a grocery store or a hospital. Okay. Or a school. And there are also many reasons to not want to live in a city. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want the isolation of a rural environment with the conveniences of a suburban environment... Maybe a cul-de-sac is for you. You still have to have neighbors and whatnot, but, like, you have to have less neighbors than if you were in a grid system or a curvilinear... Curve... Curve... What did you say before? Curvilinear. Curvilinear. That's what I said. Yeah. You heard it. Rewind the tape. (laughs) Sometimes I forget to imagine that people exist who don't want to live by the amenities you're generally right people do want to live by amenities and that's why a cul-de-sac is good for those people who do want to live by amenities but also want to not have to deal with a million neighbors should that kind of self-isolation be sponsored by the patterns of building that the u.s government perpetuates why not from a public welfare sense, we want more direct connection, the environment kind of thing, um, for the sake of lowering um, the difficulty for things like garbage trucks to maneuver through a space. And because you might, this might be news to you, sometimes people isolate themselves Mm. uh, and they shouldn't isolate themselves. And maybe it would be better for them if they did not isolate themselves. And I'm not saying that the government should ban people from isolating themselves, but I'm saying if there's a standard way to construct spaces and neighborhoods, it should be one that trends towards not isolation. If that's the case, then we should ban suburbia altogether. Right. I mean, if you want to argue for that, then go go for it. But I don't think, like, you're going to have some issues. I think on the specific decision of cul-de-sacs or no cul-de-sacs. What would you say is the reason that most people enter into suburban environments? Or, like... What is the, like, canonical reason for living in a sub- suburban environment? What are um, the canonical reasons, perhaps? Schools, safety, and segregation. So, 
let's imagine that we ban banned suburbia. Okay. It's not allowed. They're just not empty? allowed to live there. They're farmland. <laughs> They're solar farms. Doesn't matter. They're movie sets now, all of them. The the government and makes a bunch of make work jobs creating a bunch of purge spin-off movies set in dystopian <laughs> suburbia. That's my Green New Deal. Why does it matter to you if rich white folks want to segregate themselves from other rich white folks? Because I still have to live on the earth and breathe in their brake pad air? It's a bikes and buses argument. Okay. <laughs> because the, the, the larger impacts that urban sprawl and specifically disconnected suburban sprawl um the the impacts that those have impact everybody so cul-de-sacs will or removing cul-de-sacs will significantly improve the amount of brake par- pad particulates i breathe in removing cul-de-sacs is a different question from as we're building new things are cul-de-sacs banned okay and i think if new developments would have to happen without cul-de-sacs, they would have to be better connected. Okay. And better connection means fewer vehicle miles traveled. In most cases. Okay. You're wrong. On which point? That won't help. Can I, can I change that a little bit to say it will only help a token amount? <laughs> sure. Okay. I'll accept that. Sure. But if that's the goal... It's very much like plastic straws, where this is just like mm-hmm. a signal than an actual solution to the problem, which is brake pad particulates in the air. How do you how do you propose we get rid of the brake pad particulate in the air? I don't know. I mean, less people in suburbia okay. would be one thing, but that's not an issue of... That's that's almost not that's not a bikes and buses argument. That is a like class and cultural inequity argument. Okay. And banning cul-de-sacs is literally <laughs> just going to piss people off <laughs> and not help anything. If I was is what a I'm dictator, saying. I could ban cul-de-sacs, but as a politician maybe I should focus on other things. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying my point. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I think not having cul-de-sacs makes certain um, future progressions easier. Like saying, oh, we're going to run a light rail line out to this suburb that is well-connected is going to be easier than running a light rail line out to every single cul-de-sac because otherwise everyone would have to walk three miles to get to the light rail station. Um. Okay. No one in yeah. Go ahead. No one in suburb in suburbia right doesn't um, have a car. Yeah, the other component to that is if you want to start running a light rail out somewhere, um, Waukesha will say that they don't want those kind of people coming in from the city to Waukesha, <sighs> and so you get a streetcar instead, and the streetcar goes maybe a mile in total. And it uh, helps no one. Because Waukesha said they don't want those kind of people 
coming to their malls, taking their jobs. And such is my larger point, which is that you're not going to accomplish anything. The larger issue is suburbia. (laughs) The existence of suburban environments is an issue. And not one that can be remedied, like at all. Because there are legitimate arguments for wanting to live in mm-hmm. s- in a suburban environment, like better schools. I mean, there are there are remedies for that. Not ones that have been effective, though. Right. <laughs> because the root of the problem <laughs> is that people don't want to be around those kind of people. Yeah. Hear me out. Avoiding or seizing the use of cul-de-sacs, cul-de-sacs, sorry, um, (laughs) is good praxis on the way to dismantling the larger problematic system. No, because again, you're not actually creating more equity. You're just pissing off rich white folks. That's good praxis. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. But like the people who want to be isolated will just go to a different s- suburb disallowing r- r- rich white folks from being isolated from other rich white folks is different than disallowing rich white folks from being separated or isolated from people who are not rich white folks. Correct. So disallowing cul-de-sacs is the first, and not necessarily better. Except in the in the in the way that vehicles have to travel a token amount less. Okay. It's a band-aid to a systemic racial issue. It is far less than a band-aid. It's like you put a band-aid on the arm that doesn't hurt. <laughs> oh no i'm bleeding i'll put this like i have a giant gash in my arm i'll put this like you know the circle band-aids that are like for covering up like uh-huh. when they stab you for flu shots you put that on but you put it on the other arm that's what <laughs> disallowing cold as x does but it would have to be a, a grid band-aid because we don't have circles anymore right no 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 cold sacks Thank you for the discourse. Anytime. So sometimes you have a problem. You've got a big gash on your arm. And it's the kind of problem that you can't handle yourself. Well, I only have these tiny grid band-aids. I don't know what... (laughs) What do you want me to do? Um... So maybe you need to go see a specialist. The kind of person who can, uh who's like trained to solve big problems like gashes in arms or potentially a problem like um, showers. Right. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is my shower was, was problematic. Why was your shower racist Zach? And it got canceled and it took too fucking long for it to apologize and get uncanceled. This is this, this metaphor has gotten away from me. My shower has has had a problem. We talked to our landlord. He was like, hey, yeah, let's fix that problem. And then he uh, canceled my whole shower. And so we were like, hey, we need a a shower, sir. 
and he was like uh we'll see about that and then maybe <laughs> and then uh, a contractor showed up and was like hey so we're gonna fix that the the problem and also give you a whole new shower and we were like okay well that sounds like a, a good deal i'm always down for a new shower um that was a mistake i am not always down for a new shower zach's been filling me in like via <laughs> snapchat updates <laughs> I'm trying to trying to decide what the most important parts are to to mention in the podcast because there's a lot of strange things that happened. There was dust everywhere. There was a lot of particulate in the air um, because they opened up the door to our bathroom and we were like, "Hey, let's fix this." And then they started sawing away and banging away at the drywall um, with the door open, and so the the drywall <laughs> dust just kind of got everywhere and they had respirators on and everything and i came home and i was like hey what's up and they were like hey through the respirator um and the door was open and the drywall dust was in the air um and they were doing that for about a week straight and then i like on at the end of the week i got home and was like man my throat really hurts i wonder why that is turns out uh particulate matter in the air is not a good thing zach have you heard of molecule Molecules patented Pico technology destroys uh, elements at the molecular level. I've heard. Do you have a promo code for me? ATP, probably. Uh, <laughs> you can get free shipping site-wide uh, if you spend more than $130 on the best-selling bundle, the Air, and Air Mini. Okay. Tell them you came from Worrying Bugs, and maybe we'll get a sponsorship. <laughs> Wait, why is so that subscription? Was... What the fuck? Oh, sorry, that's financing. For the filter. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like $45 a month? What? If you don't pay them, they shut off your air. Yeah. No more air. It puts all that... the particulates back into the air. <laughs> Just stores that them up. That is, I'm pretty sure, the plot of the Lorax um, <laughs> movie. I disagree. <laughs> That's exactly you... what happens in the Lorax movie. <laughs> uh, all the dust that was in the air settled into the carpet. Um, and so when the contractors were like, hey, let's vacuum real quick, they couldn't vacuum up all the dust that was in the carpet because they'd been stomping around with their dusty boots into our carpet. So that's why I'm thinking about particulate matter. Uh, the more like podcastery thing that that i was thinking is is worth talking about is that so i've got my bike and i bike to and from work and school and all the uh, and most of the places that i go i take my bike there mm -hmm. and so the home that i'm in does not have like bike storage set up so what i did for a little bit is i kept it in the living room and then everyone who i live with was like hey please don't put your bike in the living room because you're getting uh like brake particles from the road all over our living room and i was like well yeah that's fair but it's not i'm not brake particles from the road there there's just like car gunk on the roads yeah are they from brakes though i don't know or is it just it's dirt dark gunk I, I don't think it's just dirt i think it is specifically car gunk okay is my theory um but i can't say it's necessarily brake car gunk so then I moved it to the basement, and the way that it works is if I open up the door like that leads from the basement to outside, I can just like take my bike up 
Um, but if there's contractors and they put all of their stuff behind that door for some reason, then you can't take your bike and move it up the stairs and out the door because the contractors were just like, hey, let's put some stuff behind this door. Let's lean some stuff against the fridge, the front of the fridge. Let's ah. lean some stuff up against your closet. Um, and I think they used our bleach wipes that we left in the bathroom. I don't know what for. Get your and own we bleach found... wipes. Exactly. Uh, we found some, like, blood, we think, just kind of, uh, like, chilling on the side of our toilet. I don't know. One star. I do not know. They also left the, this This is the, the biggest thing, is they left the water running after they had taken out the shower basin. Or actually, the basin was still in, but they had taken out the wall. And they left the water running uh, at such a, a pressure that the water would curve back in where it would have gone against the wall, but there was no wall. So instead it just went downstairs <laughs> into the light fixture that is immediately underneath no! the, that's danger, the shower. That is such danger. And I was like, Hey, why is it doing that? I figured maybe they had like done something with the plumbing and now it wouldn't turn off all the way. So I reached over just to make sure. And I turned off the, and it, that it stopped dripping. Because I turned off the water. When I turned off the water, it stopped dripping. And I hadn't thought to do that before because I had figured maybe the plumbing contractors who were in my home would, uh, would not have left the water running when they left my home. Okay, Jim, time to pack it up. Okay, I'm just going to turn off the water quick. No, it's five o'clock, man. <laughs> do it tomorrow. <laughs> so anyway, one of the things that I've learned is I have so many just like patterns this is this is a semester of order thing now i have so many patterns that i'm just so accustomed to and i get very upset i feel like merlin man i get very upset when i can't do my patterns because there's somebody in my house who put their garbage bag where the the door is supposed to be so i can get my bike upstairs from the basement because the bike has to be downstairs because where else is the bike going to go and i need to take the bike to get to the places that i go Zach, you're presenting this as a, like, unreasonableness from you. Like, you have these routines and habits, and, like, you could get your bike out a different way. No. No? You, there's, you, there's one door. <laughs> I could move all of the things the contractors left there, get my bike out, and then move all the things the contractors left back because there's nowhere else for them to go because it's trash that they should have taken with them when they left for the day. Okay. That sucks. That's stupid. I don't like that. I understand that asking to be able to use my doors is not an unreasonable ask. Okay. But I also felt like I got unreasonably upset when I couldn't bring my bike upstairs in one fell swoop the way that I'm accustomed to. I don't think that's unreasonable. I really don't. I think the degree to which I got upset was unwarranted. Is that degree... Similar to the degree that you sent me in that Snapchat video. Yes. Then no, it's not. Unreasonable would be like, next time you see them, punching them in the, in the face. <laughs> but you were like, just venting on Snapchat. Yeah. You were like, they're not doing their job well, and they're making my life harder in the process. 
that's a reason. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> you, you're understandably upset. Okay. So anyway, that's that's my take on contractors. Cancelled. No. Because probably, inevitably, something is not going to be right with the shower, <laughs> so we're going to need to find a different contractor to fix it. So far, though, a day into using the shower, the only problem is that I'm pretty sure they used a shower head with a range of motion for a larger shower than the one we have. I believe uh, you told me that the height was an issue? Yes. The height is an issue in most showers, though, so I'm not surprised. Just disappointed. If I couldn't have gotten my bike out of the basement at all, though, I probably would have walked to school. But then from school to work would have been a really long distance, so I probably would have had to take the bus. Mm-hmm. I, was, I also take the bus most places I go because mm-hmm. it's convenient. There's a bus stop close to my home, and I was on that bus. Don't be creepy, by the uh, way. Don't be creepy. I do live near a bus stop. In America, by a bus stop really does <laughs> narrow it down quite a bit, doesn't it? I'm not saying, like exactly how close to the bus stop i am but uh-huh uh, let's say i'm within walking distance which is according to john syracusa within a half hour walk of a bus stop yes john syracusa needs to read better urbanist literature <laughs> i'll direct you to robot or not episode something or other okay i'll go listen so the buses have some sort of announcement system where it says like the name of the stop which is usually the intersection of streets Mm -hmm. it also has a lcd no it has a display with like individual lights to make a matrix display yeah like a matrix display and that'll tell you like that a stop's been requested or this is the current time and date and it's like cycles through a thing Mm -hmm. and i was looking at that Because I was just riding the bus, being bored on the bus, watching the display cycle. Mm -hmm. And I saw something. It said address. And I'm like, the address? That's not one of the usual cycles. (laughs) And then the next one was 0x100. And then I got cut off. And then it said memory. And then it said overflow. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a debugger. So there's a matrix display debugger. So that were, it so it, it told me two things. It told me that this this part's obvious. Like the computer ha or the bus has a computer. And that it just kind of reminded me that the bus runs on a computer. The like system for doing the announcement, playing the announcements, and um Real quick about the announcements, when you 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 enumerated a couple of the things that the announcements do. Are there any other things? Do you ever get, like, advertisement announcements? No, not on the Metro. Those feel disgusting. I would like to submit. I agree. Do you ever get, um, happy holidays from all of us here? Oh, God, no. I... It's very loud. It's disconcerting. Like, it's, you are now approaching wisconsin in fifth and you're like oh okay cool happy holidays (laughs) i don't like that that should be banned okay so computers it also told me 
It also so it told me that there was a computer, and it also told me that there's some programming here that within normal parameters, like the bus wasn't doing anything special, nor was mm-hmm. it accepting any user input. Within very normal parameters, there can be buffer overflows. Right. So there's some shoddy programming going on here. Yes. Like there was no edge cases or anything. This is just all within normal parameters. Did it turn back on? It didn't turn off. Did it keep displaying stops, I suppose, is the question. Yes. There was an overflow, and then it continued on with normal operations. Usually an overflow is like a big problem. Yep. I assume there's like a try-catch at the top level just saying like, keep the bus going. (laughs) (laughs) Catch. Just print out the two-string literally, like on the matrix of the exception. There's probably no logging even. There's probably nothing that's, like, they might not know that there's an overflow exception on the bus display. So I'm thinking all this at the time. Uh Uh-huh. Including what you just said. And I'm also thinking about what other functions does this computer have? So, what I know is that it has to know where it is via probably GPS. Right. It also has to update Google Maps at some at some level. That m- might be a separate system, but it would probably make more sense to have it be a single system. So it probably has a cellular cellular connection. Right. Or some part of the bus does. Uh huh. And if the bus can have an overflow there's at least one security vulnerability yeah somewhere in that code uh-huh about a year ago at this time oh my god <laughs> we don't talk about the past what are you doing i i was walking somewhere and the bus next to me i looked at the little matrix display and i swear i thought i was in a dream because instead of saying like this is the gold line going south it said i'm a race car <laughs> And then two minutes later, it said, fooled ya. Not two minutes, like, you know, some period of time later. Fooled ya. And then it said, this is the gold line going south. And then it said, I'm a race car. Oh, my God. On the front of the bus. Interesting. So I don't know if that's if some troublemaker at the transit system was doing that. Because sometimes they'll have it say, like, congratulations to the brewers for getting that ball good. Happy holidays Um, with, like, a little picture of a turkey. Yeah. But this one just said, I'm a race car, and I don't know where that came from. So the answer is, if you can figure out how to affect the matrix display on the front of the bus as well, you should get it to say, I'm a race car. Okay. So the next thing I do is... Start looking through the city of Madison's website for transit data. Because Google Maps is unlikely to get the feeds directly from the bus. Is what I figured. Right. They'll get it from a centralized source. Probably the city of Madison's website. From their server where they have the real-time transit feed, yeah. So I looked through that and I found some stuff. I found uh, I found that there was 
a subdomain called transit data. So transitdata.cityofmadison.com, and that will give you a feed that updated every 60 seconds or so of where all the buses are. Okay. And I noticed that you can uh, go up in the directory up to the root of that domain. Okay. So it's it's literally just a list of files. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, that's as, that's like as high as you can go. It doesn't. You can't do like a tra- trajectory traversal attack because there's no input. It's just a list of files. Right. So, I got my ter- my handy dandy terminal open and pinged mm-hmm. both cityandmadison.com and the transitdata.cityandmadison.com, and they are different IP addresses. Okay. Which tells me that it's most likely to be two separate computers. Right. Which also means that the transit data computer has to be getting its data from a different computer. Mm-hmm. Because I can see all the files and none of them are an API call. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, there's no PHP. It's just, like, literally just a host for files. Right. So now I get on Shodan, and I say, give me everything with um, the city of Madison's IP address, except not the last, the last digit. Just wildcard that last digit. Mm-hmm. So I have the city of Madison's IP space. Okay. Okay. And then I look through all of those. There are quite a few, some interesting ones. But um, one in particular stood out to me. Uh, a subdomain called transitapi.cityofmadison.com. Okay. Which, if you go to that... Okay, I'm here. So you see... Uh, it just says, one bus away, API, web app. Mm-hmm. So... Did some Googling. One bus away is an open uh, application suite for public transit. Right. And this is the web app side of it that has not been set up. Not adequately, at least. So I got on the GitHub for one bus away and started looking through the API, which was not easy, by the way. They should really refactor this. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a lot of Java, uh, Zach. I... Uh, regardless so they start like listing some things and you give you some like test like with a with a key that is not a real key for example you can get the current time dot xml okay i'm seeing this i just left I, I just left the key blank for this example because and it gives you uh a permission denied xml file mm-hmm. That actually doesn't contain the current time, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> point is permission denied. Right. So, next step, uh, download the GitHub, the Git repository. You don't have to do this, but... Um, and then grep through everything, trying to find the default keys. Because if the web app isn't set up entirely... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
if the web app's not proper entirely set up, they probably didn't uh, take out the default keys. Mm-hmm. And send you one of. I'll send you a link with one of the default keys. Oh, it's a, like a string. Okay. And that is a working API key. For, okay. How do you. Do you have a list of what the endpoints are? I stopped here. I stopped here because, not because I was, like, scared or anything, but just because I, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to break the bus system on accident. But yeah, we have a working API key for the transit API. I figure, okay, so there are two ways this this could work. The first is the way more dangerous one, uh, which is that this this API is good for both input and output. That would be bad. I don't. That that'd be less than ideal for everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's actually what's happening though. My best guess for what's actually happening is this is an output only API. That being said, the uh, there is a working API key, or there are actually several. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What you could do with this is a denial of service by setting up a bunch of, like, alerts, basically. So, like, notify this dummy email account or whatever if this event happens. And that event could be any bus moves ever. And then the server is just, like, working really hard to send all these emails. That'd, mm-hmm. that'd be the idea. They would have to expose an API that lets you set up an email chain, though, right? They do that. That That's something I checked. That's part of the API. That's part of the um, one bus away it? application. Well, what's the endpoint? After show. All right. I'll send you the Java doc on the subject. So anyway, good news is that the buses themselves are not controlled by the computer. However, uh, a lot of the bus is controlled by the computer, including like what it's telling Google Maps that it where it is. Um, I'd also guess because this is uh, there's a pretty good chance that this is man in the middle a bull. That you could lie to them about where the bus is? Yeah. Like if you had a pineapple? Mm-hmm. Because they're probably using 3G, right? So, and not like yeah. LTE or something more secure. I would assume. So, you could definitely lie about where the bus is. And make a lot of people very unhappy because Google Maps is telling them the wrong thing. But to do that with more than one bus, you would need more than one person running a pineapple on different buses. So mm-hmm. you're kind of limited on your yeah on that aspect of the scope. If you did that, though, 
and you kept sending through the correct data, you could also figure out... Because presumably whatever information... Okay, here's my train of thinking. Okay. How does the bus know it's Thanksgiving? Okay. Probably not somebody walks into every single bus, plugs in a USB drive that says, on this exact date, say this thing about Thanksgiving. On this exact date, oh. say something nice about one of the Bucks There's players. incoming traffic, too, obviously. It has to do a synac. It can't just send. It needs to receive. So if you can figure out what the incoming traffic is, that would be where you can do yeah. some real... Some, some like, race car stuff. Uh-huh. Okay, I guess we're buying a pineapple. <laughs> or what you could do with this knowledge is go to the city of Madison and say, Hi, I promise I won't write any overflow exceptions. Hi, I'm a security analyst. Uh, amateur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a class in security analysis. <laughs> flips hair (laughs) just thinking about this as a programmer Uh i don't think i would want it to be a list of ip addresses that you have to send the it's thanksgiving message to no they'll do like a request like hey is there anything new today and then the centralized server will say yeah, it's Thanksgiving. Okay. So each client, there's no more. That makes a lot more sense, yeah. So that you would still need a pineapple, but you could make a single bus say, I'm a race car. How big is a pineapple? Like, what's the range? No, like, if I planted one on a bus, would it be really noticeable? I think so. I believe Dang. so. Because like it'd be fun to like put a little device in the bu- in each of the buses that you get on. And like then you and could they pull your server. <laughs> yeah, literally though. You could just make the bus say whatever you want from the comfort of your home. Oh, they're not that big. You can get a nano. It doesn't look like they make them for 3G. Oh. Or at least they don't advertise them to be ready to. Okay. 3G modems will work with the Nano just like they worked on the 5. They're really not that big. No. They just need a power source. And then somebody else hacks your network of Wi-Fi <laughs> pineapples. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> And now, a hot take from the Worrying Bugs, brought to you by some lady at the coffee shop the other day. We don't have bowling clubs or church anymore, and that's why everyone has too many stickers on their water bottles and tattoos. This has been a hot take from the Worrying Bugs. Zach, do you put stickers on your tattoos? I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) My tattoos, all all the tattoos that I have are sticker-free. Huh. Interesting. Must be something that those kind of people are doing. Those people. Those people. 
they're they're hedon hedonists yeah hedonists who don't go to church or bowling clubs and that's that's why they put stickers on their tattoos it makes sense like it almost makes sense uh-huh there was there was a lot more to it but that was just the the hottest of the takes mm-hmm. that i heard if you put stickers on your tattoos or if you have another hot take, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm. Dun, 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 you're dun, at. Dun, you're dun, at. I'm at. I'm. I'm. I just am. You can find me on Twitter. <laughs> I am. I'm at.